Hi, everyone. Welcome to Cannabis Tech Talks, your weekly source for news and insights at the intersection of cannabis and technology. Shout out to our title sponsor, PolyScience, for supporting this podcast and helping us bring you the latest developments in this exciting field. I'm Patricia Miller, Executive Editor with Cannabis in Tech Today. Joining me for this episode is Ethan Zahn, former competitor on several television series, including Survivor, Fear Factor, Pitchman, and The Amazing Race. Ethan is also a cancer survivor, and he started using cannabis to help deal with the symptoms associated with his cancer treatment. Now that he's been in remission for over a decade, he's using cannabis as a supplement to his fitness regimen. So let's dive in. All right, I'm here with Ethan Zahn, and I've been reading about your incredible history. You've been um, in the spotlight of reality TV for many years now. And I think it's interesting that um, Survivor is sort of a theme for your life, right? You've been through some some real journeys. Yeah, I think the word Survivor is definitely a good word to describe um, me and some of the things that I've had to uh, get through over the past many years of my life. Yeah, well, you look so healthy and fit. Um, congratulations, twice in remission. That's incredible. Thank you. Um, so you started, uh, what I've been reading about is that you started using cannabis as a treatment um, and recovery aid for some of the symptoms you were having through through your cancer journey. When did you realize it would be kind of an important part of your, of your medical experience? Well, I'd love to just back up a little bit just to yeah. give you a full perspective on, you know, the whole cannabis industry and where I came from and where I am today. So growing up a competitive soccer player, ended up playing professional, like I never touched cannabis. It was just never part of my life, not part of my daily routine. I mean, I think I tried it once second semester of my senior year, like don't tell my mom, Shh, be quiet. Yeah, right. um, just I want to do something crazy before I graduated. Right. Um, so I never really touched the stuff, you know, throughout my playing career, but once I stopped playing and uh, when I was 35 years old, I was diagnosed with a rare form of blood cancer called CD20 positive Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. Um, Trust me, I don't, I've never heard of it either. So don't worry about it. Um, but um, at that time in my life, I had to go through like chemotherapy, radiation. I had to go through a bone marrow transplant. Wow. And while I was, you know, in the shit, obviously I struggled with some of the kind of side effects of chemotherapy and radiation. And I was taking a lot of pills, prescribed pills to like get get to bed every night. I was taking like Ativan for anxiety, Percocet for pain, Lunesta for sleep, Wellbutrin for mood. And then I'd like wake up in the morning and I have to rip an Adderall just to get enough energy to go to the doctor to get more blood tests. Mm. So it's this like horrible, vicious, synthetic lifestyle I was living. And so I just looked for alternative ways to like make myself feel better. And obviously I knew about cannabis and I read the benefits of mostly nausea related. So I really wanted to get into it and try it because one, it's from the earth, right? Like nature is the world's pharmacy. And um, so I started using cannabis, but access to it was really disheartening. I no one at my hospital could tell me about it. No 
nurse, oncologist, um, resident nurse, social worker, they didn't, weren't educated on cannabis. So I had to research that myself. Then I was like, literally on the streets of New York city, bald with chemo mask gloves, like talking to my drug dealer or a drug dealer, sorry. Yeah. And they sold all sorts of drugs, not just cannabis. Mm. And then I was worried about the mold and the, what they were fertilizing it with. And, and now here I am putting this in my body, doing an illegal activity on top of a stressful situation like cancer, just to make myself feel better. Wow. So putting that into perspective, once I, you know, got into a, a decent routine, I never smoked it. Um, the doctor suggested if I were to use it, to ingest it through like a, you know, a cookie or uh, vaporizing. So I got into the vaporizing thing. This is before like vape oils and before the industry, this is like 2009. And, um, so yeah, at that moment, I was like, I feel so much better. I can sleep. I can eat. I'm a lot more fun to be around. That's for sure. My girlfriend at the time, my mom and brothers is like, I was a lot more nicer to be around. My mood was better. Everything you read about it, just, it, it resonated with me. It felt better. I could wean myself off some of the meds I was taking and reduce some of the dosages of the other ones. Huge, right? Huge mm -hmm. for me. Height of the opioid crisis. I was just so afraid. Like I was going to fall into all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, so that was kind of my first entryway into cannabis, using it from a medical perspective to mitigate the side effects of cancer treatments. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's how it started. However, where I found the most success and the most benefit is after cancer. So like I went through cancer, survived, my cancer returned 20 months later, and obviously getting the news that the cancer returned was like deflating, you know, exponentially yeah. than the first time around. And like, we talked about the word survivor. So like my dad died when I was 14 years old, he passed away of colorectal cancer. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like that's the first time where I became a true survivor, just like mm -hmm. recovering from that, managing all that stuff. So like my only connection to cancer was through my dad. So to me, cancer equaled death. So that's just always in the back of my mind. And so when I was diagnosed the first time, then the second time, and I'm running off options, had the maximum dose of chemo radiation, I had to go on to get a second stem cell transplant using my brother Lee um, as the donor. So, um, post-cancer when the doctors said, all right, Ethan, you're in remission. And they sent me back home and everyone disappears and I got bags full of pills. And I'm just like plagued with like the dump trucks full of uncertainty, the invisible scars that needed healing. Like, what do you do as a young adult who's 35 years old? Like, am I going to find a job? Is the cancer going to come back? Did the chemo work? Can I find a wife? Can I can have kids like health insurance, life insurance, all that stuff. Wow. goes through your mind as a young adult. Like when you're pediatric, it's okay. You know, listen, um, and I, sorry, I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to, this is a long story, but like, you know, in the cancer world, but pediatrics, they got their parents, they're taking care of older adults. They're already in a relationship, but as a young adult going through cancer and surviving it, whole host of new concerns, issues. And I just got debilitating anxiety and fear to the point where I was just not living a life I was proud of. It was ex exhibiting itself in destructive ways. Uh, and so that's when I really got deep into CBD and cannabis and a combination of the two to help manage my mental health issues post-cancer. And wow. so that's where I am today. I'm in remission for uh, 10 years now and cannabis is part of my daily routine. That's so amazing. It's a, a complex journey. And I think one that a lot of people can relate to who have been... Um, in that situation, not able to access the medicine that they need. 
and dealing with, I appreciate that you brought up all these ancillary anxieties that are part of that. You know, now I'm doing something illegal and how do I make sure that it's safe? These are big issues that I think um, are some of the, the most important to be tackled by uh, regulation, yes. the, the access to that. Um, so now you're in recovery and you're using it um, as part of other aspects of your life. How, how is it part of your regimen now? Are you using it for athletics? Yes. So like, that's another fun, like it's a totally goes against my, like what I grew up with. You know, I grew up with cannabis is bad. It's a gateway drug. It's going to ruin your sports career. You're going to be a dropout druggie, all that stuff. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm 48 years old right now. So you're going to put into perspective in the history of, of cannabis. So, yeah. So I, um, you know, I'm excited about the industry. I wanted to share my story. I wanted to try to help educate other folks who are in a similar situation, going through a similar thing that I was going through. So I approached uh, True Leave Cannabis and with this cockamamie idea, I'm like, hey, what if I run the Boston Marathon while medicating on True Leave products? And they're like, hmm, interesting, right? (laughs) So I've always kept cannabis and sports separate. That's just... I don't know why it's just been my thing. However, when I engaged in this new partnership with True Leave as the brand ambassador for their in-house everyday wellness brand called Momenta, um, I had to, I had to like I was almost like my own clinical trial. So I had to start experimenting a little bit to see how it would affect me, and you know, with dosage, timing, um, strain ingestion methods, whether it's like a tincture, it's a patch, it's a bomb, what all this stuff. So. Bottom line is, uh, I enjoyed it. It helped me perform. Um, I wouldn't say perform better, but a more pleasurable experience when training for a marathon. And so I developed a, an interesting routine where, you know, I would do a pre, during, and post cannabis kind of regimen, I guess you can say. Um, and I, you know, trained with that, um, kind of analyze how it, it affected my body. And then I could put it, the master plan into place when I actually ran the marathon on, uh, in April, Boston marathon in April. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. I think it was really neat. I mean, I really, for me, it was mostly the reco- recovery. I felt I had the biggest impact. So, you know, post race, I was using, um, like a THC infused pain cream. I was uh, using an Indica capsule, um, uh, to help calm me down a little bit. Um, and those were kind of probably the most successful uses of it. I did use it while during the marathon, a low dose. Um, I use the capsule again cause I could run with it and it wouldn't like mess up. But my, my main thing these days are tinctures. So I'm a tincture guy. Um, I use a CBD tincture every single day. I use a one-to-one ratio if thing needs something a little bit stronger or kind of closer to the end of the evening, um, for my cannabis routine. Do you think having all of these different um, ingestion options has helped you to create a more effective regimen? hundred percent. I mean, you nailed it. And especially with Momenta, I think if you're new to cannabis and you're looking for kind of a, a way to get in, I think Momenta is a great product um, because they do have a whole host of ingestion methods. Like I said, they have um, they have tinctures, they have RSOs. Um, they have capsules, uh, they have pain creams, cooling gels. They're coming out with like, I think like a powder type of product. And so for me, that that encapsulated everything I needed in a cannabis product. So yes, because a lot of people think I got to smoke it 
you don't have to smoke it. There are other incredible ways to, you know, get THC into your body. Um, and for me, you know, I, I have tried vapes, definitely the vape oils, but for me, it just, it's, it's not my thing. Um, however, I, I don't, uh, I'm not judging people who do use vape um, to get their THC um, product because uh, it's fast acting. It's got a, a short life, a half life, and it's in and out of your system a little bit quicker than if you were to do an edible or a tincture. So I understand that. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun experimenting on myself. Um, it's been really exciting working with Trulieve as a, I mean, they're the largest multi-state operator in the U.S., I think it's 160 dispensaries in 11 states. They wow. really focus on research, dosing, providing a high quality product that's consistent over time. And that was really important for me when engaging in any cannabis product or any cannabis brand, because I come at this from the medical perspective. I'm not really a recreational guy. I really do use this as a medicine. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I've definitely gone overboard around a campfire with some friends and stuff but you know mo most likely i'm looking at it more as a scientific kind of way to help me um, versus taking other pills and what do you think people most often misunderstand about medical cannabis um i think i think folks think that medical cannabis is different than adult use cannabis it's the mm -hmm. same obviously i think that's one thing people um, uh, you know, get confused about the only difference I've found is like you get price discounts and it might be get higher dosage on the medical use products than the uh, adult use. Um, but their misconception is like, you got to smoke it. That's one of the things, um, that you're going to get like so high you can't function. Uh, you know, I think people come at it. There's a lot of history with the stoner culture and the misconceptions mm -hmm. on, cannabis um like as just getting you totally messed up and it's just always kind of been a recreational type narrative mm -hmm. however coming at it from someone who is sick and someone who needs it for mental health issues you know it's all about dosage when you take it this type you take it how you take it and so if you approach it with that perspective you know, I think it kind of erases the stigma that it's just like hey let's go get high and have fun that this is really something that can help someone um, whether you have social, like maybe you're a shy person and you don't have the confidence to go out and talk to people. Like maybe you're tired and you need a little bit of energy. Uh, you know, maybe you have severe anxiety and this helps calm it and let your brain settle a little bit. Uh, maybe you're nauseous and, uh, you know, you need it. Maybe you have pain. So there are a lot of different, a lot of different ways you can use cannabis that's going to take away some of the other pills you may be using. So if you're out there and you're trying stuff and it's just not working, you know, maybe look about, look to getting into uh, medical cannabis as a way to help you in some way, shape or form, because there are so many ways to use it and it's very scientifically regulated. And um, there are ways you can kind of dial directly into kind of what you need to help yourself. I love that. I like the idea of thinking about it more um, as a medicine cabinet herb. I mean, you can have it on hand for to replace a variety of pills that you might currently have in your cabinet. 100%. So I appreciate that perspective. Yeah. I mean, if you look, you know, people are going to the, the vitamin shop and they're getting, um, you know, uh, melatonin or they're getting reishi uh, mushroom extract. You know, they're getting all these different uh, valerian root to calm you down. Mm. I see cannabis along those same lines. It's grown from the earth. 
nature's the world's pharmacy. It's no different than any other herb or something uh, that you grow outside as long as you're using it in a responsible fashion. Yeah, well said. Um, tell me about what you're doing with the Safe Roots Foundation. I'd love to. Uh, so so mm, uh, I have a long history working in adolescent health. Um, so I took my survivor million bucks and I donated it to start a charity called Grassroots Soccer. And we're an adolescent health organization that using soccer to teach kids to make smarter choices in life. We're in 60 countries. We've graduated 13 million kids from the program. Wow. Uh, something we're incredibly proud of. It's This is our 20th year. 2022 is our 20th year of That's doing awesome. grassroots soccer. Yeah. So taking everything we learned from grassroots soccer and using sports to deliver health interventions, we're now taking that model and applying it to teenage drug misuse prevention. So, but our model is a little bit different where we feel, I feel cannabis is good for public health, but I also feel if more kids start misusing cannabis and other drugs, it's bad for the kids. It's bad for the industry. Um, so I feel the cannabis industry has a role to play in making sure kids don't misuse, um, you know, cannabis. So no. Safe Roots Foundation, we raise money from the legal cannabis industry, and then we then fund the best evidence-based teenage drug prevention programs around the country. Um, so the war on drugs, not really working. <laughs> yeah. uh, as we know, when I was growing up, they sent a cop into gym class like, this is coke, this is ecstasy, don't do it, you'll die. Mm -hmm. Listen, we need to speak to kids in a language they understand. And I feel sports is that language. So we created a after-school sport coach curriculum where it, it can be um, incorporated into any sport, any coach, doing any type of practice uh, that will help identify kids who are misusing some fun, you know, game-based activities that can help these kids learn a little bit more about, you know, the human body, the endocannabinoid system, how cannabis may impact you positively and negatively. These are kids we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and, you know, we need to reframe the conversation because it's not a gateway drug. It's going to be legal nationally in the next five to 10 years. And so I think there's a really important role that the industry has to play, just like tobacco, anti-smoking, alcohol, drunk driving, Apple, anti-screen time, same thing, you know, mm -hmm. cannabis, don't freaking do drugs, kids, or if you do it, do it in a responsible way. Um, and that's kind of where uh, Safe Roots Foundation, that's kind of our method and our, our methodology. I think that's great. I think we need to change that narrative for, for kids and uh, teens about, you know, like you said, benefits and disadvantages and how, how to approach these things responsibly and in an informed way. So I'm so excited that you're, you're offering that. Thank you. And I know this is cannabis and technology, but on the grassroots level, like there's nothing, I know it's not a technology, but our technology is using, um, role models like sports coaches who these kids see on a daily basis, some might go home to their, you know, divorced parents, you know, I don't know, lock, you know, their parents are working. These coaches are sometimes the people, the, 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 the adult figure that these kids see on a daily basis. So now if we can arm these coaches with this new tech, with this technology of education about through sports to kind of uh, help educate these kids, I think that's all, you know, 
on the really grassroots, maybe I'm stretching a little bit, but like, that's, that's the model is like the human to human. We've lost a little bit about that. Um, is a kid going to take a drug course online? Maybe is it going to impact them? Probably not uh, long-term. Like we've learned over time that kids model the behaviors of those people they respect. Uh, that's what we did at grassroots soccer. Um, so we're doing the same thing here using coaches to deliver important life messages. I would imagine the coaches are thrilled to have that toolkit in their arsenal when they they're they're spending more time with these kids than maybe a lot of other adults in their life like you mentioned and to have the language and resources to address uh what these people are go these kids are going through in real life i'm sure they're thrilled to have that uh at their disposal definitely and there's a there's a little bit of a mental health curriculum built in there as well because i mean i feel that you know the next pandemic or epidemic that we're going to face here in the U.S. is uh, adolescent mental health issues. You can already see it now. Suicide's up. Uh, kids are struggling, uh, especially in high school and college areas. So I think mental health is going to be huge. So how can we start, you know, start young about educating about mental health? And, uh, and that goes along with if you have decent mental health, then you're going to make smarter decisions in life. And that includes making a decision whether you're going to use cannabis or not. And if you do use it, how are you going to do it? and protect yourself and be safe. Well, what's um, what's next for you, Ethan? Have you got anything on the horizon you're super excited about? Well, one of my, uh, one of my uh, dreams has become a reality. When I was in college, I um, went out and I was partying a little bit too hard. I came back home, got a giant bowl of cereal. I went to eat my bowl of cereal. I was watching TV. I fell asleep with the cereal on my chest. And I'm like, and I woke up and my cereal was soggy. I'm like, I hate soggy cereal. <laughs> so what can I do to fix this? So I invented a cereal bowl that keeps your cereal crunchy all day long. It's called the Crunch Bowl. And so that's a, a, another big fun project of mine. So I launched it on Kickstarter, did incredibly well. Uh, I can, uh, do I have one around here? Do you have a second? I can go grab it. Sure, yeah. All right. This is the crunch bowl. So if you man imagine a swimming pool, swimming pool's got a shallow end and it's got a deep end. Same with the crunch bowl. You keep your cereal up top, you put your milk down below. And when you want a little crunch, you just tap it right over the edge. So I don't know if you can see that right there. Okay. Yeah. It's also go for chips, dip, salad, dressing, soup, crackers, apple pie, ice cream. It's uh love it. It's stackable, right? <laughs> yeah. Stackable. It's got uh, a non-slip grip. It's microwave safe, dishwasher safe. Righty, lefty. It's got a spoon rest right here. It's a crunch wall. And then the best part about it is this. It's also a cell phone snack bowl. <laughs> I like that. All right. And for this market, it's also the ultimate roll bowl. You keep your weed up top, you put your shake down below. And when you roll a joint, you just dry it on the crunch wall right there. So it's the multi purpose. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a little side project. But the one thing I do want to alert you to is I'm kind of uh, involved with a company called Jot. It's D-J-O-T, Jot.com. And basically they are a, um, how do they just exactly describe themselves? I would, they would describe themselves. So Jot was designed to provide cannabis in formats that create ease, provide simplicity and promote personalization. So basically what it is, it's a, um, it's a, it's about the size of a cell phone and you can go to jot.com to check it out the size of a cell phone. And it, it allows you to accurately dose any drink salad, 
pizza, whatever, with a liquid form of THC cannabis. Um, so it's kind of the similar model as the packs where they sell the technology and then they sell pods and those pods, any dispensary can fill with whatever they want up to a thousand milligrams. And it, it doses ex- down exact doses all the way down to one milligram. Oh, wow. So you got your drink, you jot your salad, whatever you want to jot DJOT, uh, is kind of how, so they're all about dosage, accurate dosing. Um, and it's a uh, kind of a new technology in the cannabis space, which I think is really interesting because, you know, it's all about dosage and yeah. I feel, and, um, those folks who are daily users, you can take it everywhere. You can put it in any drink. Um, and it's easy, accessible, um, and it's dosing like exactly. And their future is also into the micro into the psychedelic world. So when psychedelics gets a little bit more mainstream to be able to accurately dose or microdose your um, psychedelics and your cannabis on a daily basis. So I'm working with those guys trying to open up some doors for them. So I think it's a really neat technology. As a consumer, you can track your usage because it comes with an app. So when you're using it, how you're using, what's your strain, but then also the dispensary, they can also track usage. So from a business perspective, you know, once a client or customer leaves the dispensary, you don't know anything about them. You know what they bought and how much they bought it. But other than that, you know nothing about them. Now, all of a sudden, you can start seeing trends on usage, time, strain, how much. And then cannabis companies can now start marketing a little bit better to their consumer, knowing their usage patterns. So pretty oh, neat. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where is that available right now? Now it's 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 brand new, um, but it's just it's available in Canada. Um, and they, they're fully funded, which is exciting. So it's not necess- it's not accurate, it's not widely used in the u.s yet because it's literally maybe i think they got their fda certification i don't know months ago so we're just on the trajectory of trying to get more more people to know about it but if anyone's interested in learning more just let me know oh cool yeah so um where can people go to follow along with you and kind of keep up with uh, all of your projects yeah um all of my projects would be uh at ethanzon.com is a good uh no, so at Ethan Zahn on Instagram, sorry. And then ethanzahn.com is my website. Awesome. And um, you've got the entrepreneurial experience from the Crunch Bowl. Have you ever thought about maybe starting your own cannabis brand? You know, I, I have. Um, and I have a great, um, I have a great, I have the most expensive logo in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> About five years ago, like I'm like I'm gonna do this myself, and I spent a lot of money with uh. Do you know the company called uh, Lowell um, Lowell Smokes or oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. So the people that did the branding for Lowell Smokes and uh, I think it's 1876 or ni- 1906, 1906. That company, I hired them to make my brand called Tribute. However, it's now so I do have big hopes of creating my own brand one day. Um, however, now is probably not the right time. Um, before, before I got involved with true leave, um, I was, uh, I'm an investor in a 116 hemp farm in Plainfield, Vermont called Mont Cush. Hmm. I'm also the chief purpose officer there. And Mont Cush was exactly that. Like in after cancer, before true leave, I was working with Mont Cush because I really wanted, if I was going to put anything in my body, I wanted to actually like see and, and, and be part of that. So like I moved up to Vermont, 
Um, and I, you know, planted, I seeded, I planted, I harvested, I processed, I put it in bottles because I want to see the process from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And um, we filmed the whole thing for a reality show called Kings of Kush. It aired on Vice a few couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to get the experience in the industry. So I felt, I feel like I really had a good, a good piece of that. And then it, it kind of educated me on the business and, and how much money it takes and time and effort. So I just didn't think I could do it myself. And then Trulieve came along. So someday I will have my own product, I hope. If you'd like to learn more about emerging cannabis technologies, be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to Cannabis Tech Talks. You can pick up the most recent issue of Cannabis and Tech Today on Barnes & Noble newsstands across the country, or grab a copy for free on canatechtoday.com. This podcast is produced in part by Pretty Easy Podcasts. Visit prettyeasypodcast.com if you're looking for professional production quality at an affordable rate. Until next time, stay elevated. Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Wait, you didn't think people would know who I am? Durachill. Uh, this is Durachill. This is Durachill. This is Durachill. No, hey, I don't talk like that. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. You can't go wrong. This show was produced by Cannabis Tech Today and Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com now if you're looking to get professional production help on your own podcast at an affordable rate. Pretty Easy Podcasts, making podcasting pretty easy.